Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. Let's get straight in the Word this morning. I want to talk to us for a few moments. We have together this morning. The title of the message simply is this, is free to be. Bump your neighbor on your left hand side. Say, you're free to be everything God's called you to be. John chapter 8, verse 36. Amen. The Bible says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus says that He, the Son, makes you free to be. Amen. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be. So you shall be what? You shall be free to be everything God's called you to be. Amen. But He says this. He says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Christ saves us. Christ calls us. He saves us to be free indeed. So God wants us to do greater deeds. Our good deeds can't save us. The Bible says your good works, your good deeds. If you try to please God through your good works, it's like a filthy rag before Him. It's an insult to God. Do you think that anything we can do can outdo what God has already done for us through His Son, Jesus? But the Bible says, when the Son makes you free, you shall be free in deeds. That means we are saved unto good works. Amen with me this morning. That means we are saved to do greater things. Your life has a great purpose. God saves you to take you out of the world, to take your purpose, your, your gifting, your talents, and to give it to His kingdom so you can do greater deeds with, with your life in His kingdom. Can you say amen this morning? That is why man's greatest desire is the desire to be free, to experience freedom. From the time of conception in the, in the womb, man is fighting, or man and woman are fighting to be free. We want to get out. If you notice, we've had three children. While Sharon has delivered them, we made them. But the fact is, when you look at a woman when she's pregnant the last few weeks, that child is kicking, they're headbutting, they're doing all kinds of things to get out of that womb. Why? Because the desire, the quest for man is freedom. Man wants to be free. Man doesn't want to be held captive. Man doesn't want to be put into a prison. Amen. That's why I say we have to be, we have to understand we are called to be free indeed. Yet so often we find people yearning for freedom, but they end up being enslaved by fear or worry or doubt or frustration. The opinions of people, criticism from people talking about them or uh, discouraging them, leading to procrastination and a life of what ifs or if, if, or if onlys. And I want to encourage our faith today, because I want to say to you this morning that although this has been a very distracting or a very disruptive last 22 months, whatever it is that we've had this epidemic around the world, Sometimes we can start to be held captive by ourselves because Christ has made us free. Although there might be limitations in the natural, in the spirit man, we, we are free. We are free to be everything God's called us to be. Amen. Can you say amen? Earl Nightingale said this. He said, most people tiptoe through life hoping to make it safely to death. Most people, he said, tiptoe through life hoping to make it safely to death. You're not called to live a safe life and then die safely. You're called to live a, a life that is, that is bold, that is free. Can you say amen this morning? If the Bible says that the Son has come to set you free, and when the Son sets you free, you shall be free. You shall really be free. Amen. Say this with me this morning. Say, if I want to be free, so say it with me this morning. Say, if I want to be free, I've got to be me. Not the me you think I should be. Say it with me. Not the me you think I should be. Not the me my wife or my husband or my friends think me to be. Say it with me. Not the, not, the, not the me that my wife or my husband or my friends think me to be. Not the me, say with me, not the me, my kids or family think I should be. But the me God created me to be. Say with me one more time. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. So God has created you. Amen. Uniquely. There's a fingerprint on the end of your hand. Amen. On your finger, there's a fingerprint. It's unique. There are 7 billion people on this planet and every single fingerprint is unique. If God gave you the gifts and the talents and He didn't want you to use them, why did He give them to you? You have to understand, Christ sets us free. Amen. First free from ourselves, but He sets us free to be me. 
There is something in you that has to come out. There is something in you that the world needs to hear. There is gifts, there are talents in you. But if you want to be free, you've got to be you. We can't be limited and held back by everyone's limitations. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? And Jesus confirms this in Luke 4, 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And He has anointed me to be hope for the poor. Your life is a hopeful life. You are there to give somebody else hope. The Bible says He's anointed me to be hope for the poor. Freedom for the brokenhearted. The Bible says that is what our life is. We have a life of purpose. Your life is to give someone else encouragement. When you walk into someone's presence, amen, you are hope, you are light, you are salt. And the Bible says God has to make you free in order for you to be everything God's called you to be. Brokenhearted people looking for hope and God's going to send you and me into a world to be the difference. He says a new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners you are set free. Amen. Physical prisoners, yes, but also those that are in mental prisons, those that are in emotional prisons. The Bible says God calls us, sends us to tell them that you are set free. You are free indeed. Can you say amen? He says, I've come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. I want to tell you this morning that you are accepted by God. I want to tell you this morning that God accepts you. I want to tell you if your family has rejected you, if your husband, your wife, or your, your, your spouse, whoever it might be, has rejected you, God will never reject you. Amen. Why? Because he says the time of God's acceptance has become. We don't serve the God of the swivel chair. God isn't, he's not schizophrenic. He's not angry today and He's passive tomorrow or friendly tomorrow. The Bible says God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. That is why you can put your hope and your trust in a good God. So when we are born, we are natural risk takers. We're unashamed, we're unafraid. But as we journey through life, we sadly become more and more limited by the words and the walls of people, people's opinions of the real you. People criticize you. People tell you you can't do certain things. And we start to live life in the shadows. And so often people settle for life in the shadows. People live in the fear of shadows. They start to think that everything is going to harm them. And that's why David had to remind himself that shadows can't harm you. Psalm 23 verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I want to tell you today, the shadow of a dog cannot bite you. Amen. That's why the Bible says the shadow of death, it might look like it's not going to live. It might look like it's not going to work. The doctor's report is simply just the doctor's report. But then there is the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord says what? That you shall live and you shall not die. The report of the Lord says that you shall live and you shall not die. We worshiped it this morning. Those dry bones are going to rattle. The Bible says as you speak into your future, as you prophesy life into your tomorrow, as you tell your flesh that you are healthy by the stripes of Christ, you are healed. If you tell your finances, if you tell your family, if you tell your children, you are blessed and highly favored. It's time you understand you are free to be everything God's called you to be. Amen. But you have to receive it and possess it by faith. Can you say amen? Say with me one more time this morning. Say if I want to be free, I've got to be me. See, whenever the Bible speaks of freedom, we have to be careful we don't confuse the world's understanding of freedom and God's kingdom's call to freedom. There are two kinds of freedoms, amen. The world's call to freedom is give me and God's call to freedom is make me. It's two differences. I want you to get it this morning. Sometimes we find people saying, well, give me my freedom. But the Bible says, God says, I'm going to make you free. That means it's a work. It's a process. It's a, it's, a, it's a good work. He begins in us. Christ has to make us free. Although we are free when we accept Christ, salvation is a free gift. Once we receive that free gift, the Bible said, now God starts the work of making us free. So don't be so hard upon yourself. 
those little bad habits that creep in, those frustrations, those irritations, those, those, that self-condemnation that sometimes comes upon your life because you think you need to be perfect. I want to say to you today, you have to allow God to make you free. Listen to what the Bible said, our scripture verse, John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son, listen, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Matthew 4, 19. Then He said to them, follow me when I will make you fishes of men. We inherently are selfish creatures, amen. From the day we are born, we're born with a fallen or a sinful nature. But the Bible says it's, a, it's man's quest, it's man's desire to be free. But we have to be careful that there's two kinds of freedoms, amen. The give me freedom or the make me freedom. And we have to allow God to make us free over time, amen. So far too many of God's children today want to take their freedom and not allow God to make them free. It's often the, in the quest of what we think we need to do to gain freedom, that actually binds us by the wrong freedom. So there is a right freedom and there is a wrong freedom. Amen. But the Bible said, who the Son makes free shall be free indeed. Amen. Then Jesus uses the story of the prodigal son to illustrate the desire for a wrong freedom. It's a story of a young man who wanted something that he did not realize that he really had. I want us to look at the prodigal son this morning as we get into our message because as I'm laying a foundation I really uh, I want to encourage your faith today because every man has a quest has a desire has a dream to want to be free the Bible tells us Jesus tells us the story of this young man Luke 15 verse 11 then he said Jesus said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father he said father give me the portion of goods that falls to me and so he divided them his livelihood. Notice this. The Bible said that when we, we have got a will, we've got a free will that we can exercise every day. When the young man came to God, to his father, speaking of the church, speaking of his father's house, speaking of the place, relationship with his father, every person has a desire deep down inside. Every person has a desire to have a good relationship with their father, to be in a safe environment, to be in a safe home. That's why this epidemic of gender-based violence, the enemy is always going to use that to disrupt families, to disrupt homes, because as the home goes, so society goes. As the home goes, so the church goes. As the home goes, so does schools go. So does, so does the economy go. So we have to pray. We have to believe God. We have to build on the morals that the Bible teaches us. Can you say amen this morning? But the Bible says this young man comes to his father and he says what? He says, give me. I told you there's two kinds of freedoms. When you're a Christian, and I believe God is speaking to many people this morning, this lockdown has created many prodigals, many people that think, well, we're not able to have church, so therefore I can leave my father's house. And I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying you even want to leave the house. You couldn't be in church very often. But sometimes we can start to become comfortable in our, in our, in our walk with God. And we can actually become confused in what real freedom is. Amen. And the Bible says this young man was looking for something that he already had. This is the story of us all, I believe. Every single one of us looking for freedom in some shape, form or size. People start to become frustrated in their marriages. They start to become frustrated in their business ventures or in their, in their church life, in their home cells as a member of the church. People say, well, you know, I feel there's too many limitations. There's too many things. There's too many, there's too many rules placed on me. There's too many restraints. And this young man is a great story. One of the theologians says that this, he describes the story of the prodigal son as the mirror of humanity. He says most people are always looking into the mirror, looking over there, sometimes on social media, looking over the fence, looking like everything is rosy on that side. Then we want to break out of this place. And like I said, there is a good freedom and there is a bad freedom. There's a right freedom and there is a wrong freedom. So when God calls us free to be, we have to be careful we don't start trading a relationship with our Father and His house for what we think freedom is. That's one of the biggest mistakes people make. 
They start out in the house. God calls them into, into a relationship with Him. He invites them in. And there's two kinds of prodigals. Those that were in the house and left the house and those that have never been in the house. And God is calling you into the house. I was a prodigal for many years before I got saved. But I've seen people come to church. I've seen people with calls upon their life. I've seen young men and young women that I can say, wow, that person has got such an anointing on their life. That young couple, they can become such a powerful couple for God. I've seen people, we've even started nurturing them for full-time ministry. And then this want for freedom steps in, this wrong freedom, this fight, the thief that comes, but only to steal, kill and destroy. And that's why I want to encourage you today. No matter how deep your battle is, how dark your valley may seem, no matter how difficult things may be, I want to encourage you. Make a decision today. I'm not leaving my father's house. I'm staying in my father's house. Amen. Why? Because it's in that place where true freedom really resides. Amen. Because God will always do a great work with you while you're in his house. Amen. That's man's quest for true freedom. Notice he says, he says, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. I said to us, there's two kinds of freedom. A freedom that says, give me and a freedom that says, make me. It's two kinds of choices we have to allow God to do in our life. But this young man starts out by saying, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he places a demand upon life. And often we can place an unjustified demand or a premature demand upon life. We should place a demand upon life. God created you with life. I've come to give you life and life in abundance. And you should place a demand upon life. You should not allow gender-based violence to be part of your life. You should not allow poverty to be part of your life. You should not allow lack or limitation or a bad mindset to be part of your life. Those are positive things you can place a demand upon life. But the Bible says this man started to place an unjustified or unfair or premature demand upon life. He was a young man and God was still busy doing a good work in him. That's why you can get saved at 50 or 60 in the natural, but you'll be young in the Lord and the Lord will start to do a good work in you. He'll start to form you and forge you. You'll put a Christ-like character into you. And that's a process you have to allow yourself to go through. You see, often man places demands on taking and not on earning. They place demands on getting and not giving. Or they place demands on receiving and not sharing. It's a selfish nature in us all. We all have it in us. It's the mirror of humanity. It's this quest. It's this want. It's this desire for something they think they haven't got. Yet when you actually look at it, you've actually got everything in Christ. We've got all things in Christ. Amen. And the Bible says this young man started to become agitated and frustrated with where he was. In verse 13, and the Bible says, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions on prodigal living. The Bible says this man takes everything he has, the freedom he has with his father in his house, the freedom to be, the freedom to live, the freedom to eat out of the fridge when he wants to. Amen. Sometimes in my house, I see that happen. Amen. Look for my food and it's gone. And my children have eaten it. But it's not a, a problem to me. It's a blessing. It's a, it's, 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 it's a great uh, it's favor. It's good to have a, a, a family life where you can sit around the table and you can laugh and you can be in unity together. That's re that represents the church. That's why, why do you think the enemy fights so hard to keep the church closed? Because if he can keep you out of your father's house, amen, he'll keep you over there, isolated. Uh, you'll, you'll be alone. You'll, you'll have nowhere to go. That's why we call people into the house of God. The Bible says the younger man gathered all together. His father said, well, you've got a choice. You've got a free will. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force you to do anything. You've got a free will. You can choose. And the Bible says he wants to leave. I need freedom. I need to get my freedom. But the Bible says he wastes his possessions on prodigal living. Another translation says wasteful living or righteous living. Goes and lives in the world. The far country speaks about 
going to back to the world. So in the quest for freedom, he separates himself from his father. I've seen this over and over again. I don't want to labor the point. But I really sense as I was preparing this message this week, the Holy Spirit just said to me, there are so many people wrestling with their freedom. They think freedom is not in the house of God. They think freedom is somewhere else. They think freedom is out of the marriage. They think freedom is another city, another country. Maybe you're married and you're thinking freedom is with another man or another woman. I want to say to you, be thankful for what you've got. Amen. Start to look at the, the man in the mirror. Start to ask God to make you a good husband. Make you a good father. Make you a faithful man. Come on. You might have things in you that you're working out right now. I want to say to you, don't run from the house of God. Don't run from the place of accountability. Don't run from the place of discipline. Don't run from the house of God. Stay in the house of God. Amen. It's true freedoms there. It doesn't feel like it. Like this young man felt he was being stifled. You're cramping my style, Dad. I want my freedom. I want to get out. Sure. And the father said, well, take your freedom. I'm not going to force you. You have to get to the point where you have to allow God to do a work in you. God's not going to force himself on you. That's why many people end up going to hell. People don't like to hear it. God doesn't send us to hell. He created a place for us called heaven. There is an escape from the place called hell. Through the sacrifice of Christ's blood, your acceptance of His sacrifice that gets us into heaven. But yet people think, I want my freedom in this temporary thing called life. It's just a temporary thing called life. Then there is a place called eternity. And God calls us to that place where He resides forever. And we can make that decision when we decide to accept Him into our heart. So the Bible says in verse 14, but when he had spent all, so God gives him the choice to do what he wants. He takes his possessions and he spends it in the world. He spends it on business ventures in the world. He spends it on temporary things. Temporary things that the Bible says moth and rust will eat. Temporary things the Bible says that is fleeting. Money the Bible says is fleeting. We need it. We don't serve it. We don't worship it. It should serve us. The Bible said money is the least. If you know how does money control you? Well, if you struggle to give it away. Bible says that money should be a servant. It's a, it's a terrible master, but it's a great servant. Amen. That's why Jesus says we can't serve master God and we can't serve master Jesus. You can't serve two masters. Amen. And I say this to us because sometimes that's one of the areas I've seen. Amen. Is where people start to leave the church. I have to now manage God's favor. I have to start to manage God's blessing. We start to travel more. We start to be able to do more. We can buy more. We can, we, can, we can own more things of this temporary world. And it starts to get us to a place where we start to think, well, this is true freedom. And I want to say to you, don't fall into that trap of thinking anything in this natural world is true freedom. Nothing in this world is true freedom. Amen. And I'll show you this morning why God calls us to this place called the ecclesia, the church, the house of God. That's why I really believe it's a call back for people to come back to the house of God. I'm not saying to be watching us online today, you're not in, in, you're not in the physical building, you're not part of the church. You might not be able to make it to the building today. So that's why we use technology and it's a great thing. But that is not the church. The church is the gathering of together, the ecclesia. When my family comes home at night, we sit around the table and we have a meal together. That's why we come together every single week. We, we eat out for six days and we come and eat home on a Sunday. It's important that you understand, that, that understand the revelation of what it means to be part of the house of God, to come to your father's house. That's why this young man wanted to leave his father's house. And the Bible said when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine. So the Bible said there was, a, there was going to be times of leanness and times of much. And we see it right now. Right now, we've had 22 months of famine. 
We've had 22 months of, of difficult times. But I thank God for the church. I thank God we were able to use, even if it was Zoom, the Zoom funny Bayer every single week. We were able to have home sales. We were able to connect. We were able to support people. We were able to love. We were able to help. We were able to feed. We were able to hear where people were going through troubles and challenges. Why? Because the house of God is the place He created for us to be part of. Amen. You have to do everything in your power to stay in the house of God. And the Bible said there arose a severe famine in that land and it began to be in want. That's what happens when you leave the Father's house. You're going to be in want. But pastor, I'm in, the, in, in my Father's house now and I'm in want. Well, the Bible said God knows your need before you even ask Him. That's why we have to stay in the, in the house of God. I mean, there is a place of protection. God will come through for you. Amen. So what freedom he thought he would gain by being away from his father and his father's house, he never found. He thought he was going to leave to find freedom, yet what he found was more enslavement. He found more bondage. Very often when we leave our father's house, in the place we think we are bound, we get out in the world only to find now we are really bound out there. Amen. And the Bible says that he didn't find what he was looking for. He looked for freedom, but he found bondage. Amen. Verse 15 says, And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. Notice this. He was able to feed the poor and the hungry and the naked while he was in his father's house. He had a purpose. He had a, 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 a dream and a, and a vision greater than himself. And when he thought he needed to leave his father's house to go and find true freedom, he ends up feeding pigs. He starts to live in a pigsty. He starts, the world disrespects him. The world doesn't think anything of him. That's what the world does. When you get saved and you get born again and you get placed in the house of God, what the enemy wants to do, he wants to get you out of the house of God to get you to a place that you think is true freedom. But actual fact, it's bondage. And the Bible says this man spends everything. And he connects himself to a citizen of that country. Start to look at your life. Start to look at your relationships. And I don't say, remember, we're not, we don't discard our family. We don't run away from the world. The Bible says we, we should go into all the world and make a difference. But start to look at the signs in your life. When you start to want to connect yourself to the citizens of that world, of the, of, of the world. When people start to offer you business ventures and business deals with unsaved business partners. It's all signs the enemy wants to pull you out of the church because he wants to connect you to citizens of that country where they're actually only into one thing. They want to make money out of you. That's all. They want to make profit out of you. Amen. And I don't say we shouldn't get involved in business deals. I say when we're in the Father's house, the Bible says the body discerns. We have the ability to bring uh, a decision. We can bring it to our home cell. We can bring it to people we trust. We can start to pray about it. We can give it to the intercessors. We can ask people to intercede. Wednesday morning when we have prayer uh, as, as structures and as zones, we can start to, to make our requests known to God. We can start to ask the home cell, what do you feel? Because the Bible says the body discerns. I don't know if you've ever kicked your, your big toe or you've hit a, a nail into the, into the wall with a hammer and you miss the nail and you hit your other nail. Then the, the, the superlatives that flow out of your mouth, you realize how unsaved you actually are, amen, still are. And you start to say words you hadn't thought even existed, you hadn't said them in the, in the last while. But why? Because the body discerned. You miss the nail and you hit the other nail. So the body has the ability to discern. So you can't get away if, if your hip is sore, your ankle is sore. The rest of your body says, hey, something's wrong. It discerns. And it's the same in the body of Christ. You, can the elbow say he has no need of the foot? No, you can't. But if you isolate it, 
if you've connected yourself to another body, if you've connected yourself to a citizen of that country, and you think that's true freedom, now you are a sitting duck. Now you are isolated. Now you are all alone. You separated yourself from your father's house. There's no discernment. The body's not discerning because you've left your father's house. And the Bible says this young man finds himself in exactly the same place. What he thinks is true freedom is actually bondage. It's actually slavery. He's left the place of slavery to come to his father's house. And in the father's house, he thinks he's now being limited. Watch for those signs. Why do you say so, Pastor? Because I've had them often. I tell my wife, I'm leaving. She says, you have to go to church. I said, why? She said, because you're the pastor. I said, oh yes, I remember now. But we all have the quest for freedom. We all want to jump out of things. We all want to just get away and give the keys to somebody else and ignore the reality of the pressure. We all just want to leave and go to some distant country and connect ourselves to some righteous living. It's in us. It's the, it's the nature in Adam. It's in us to want to do that. And I want to encourage you. I want to say to you, don't do that as a man. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Raise your children up in the house of God. Teach your kids to come to church. Amen. Teach your family. On Sundays, we go to church. Prioritize your weekend around the house of God. Why? Because the Bible says it's important that you become, you stay part of the house of God. Amen. Because we think the church is just this thing that happens on a Sunday morning. No. The church is our life. It's, we are part of a family. Out there in the marketplace when things go tough, isn't it great to know on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week, I can go to a place and I can share some of my frustrations in the works part of a home cell. I can sit down and I can feel the, the love of the brothers and the sisters. They can put their hands on me. We can pray. We can, we can hold on to the promises of God. We can remind each other that God is still a good God. When I go through crisis, when I lose my job, the home cell gathers together. We raise a bit of money or we look for work for you. We use our networks in the church to, to find you employment. That's what the body does. The body discerns. It's an organism that Christ came to establish on the earth and you'll be a fool to leave that place. Why? Because the Bible says this young man attaches himself to the citizen of that world. I've seen so many stories. I've heard it so many times. How people have connected themselves in business ventures. This, 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 the quest to make all this money because they're in financial pressure and then they take the root of least resistance. It's in all of us. The root of least resistance, Jacob. Well, there's a Jacob in every man. Where they, you have to battle that Jacob, that schemer, that supplanter, that person that always wants to have a plan B. Jacob was a schemer. He stole his brother's birthright. He was always busy with a scheme. Until God got him to the place, we had to make him Israel. You had to make him something. You had to stop. You give me my brother's birthright. Give me. It's the nature. Give me. Give me the promotion. Give me freedom through politics. Give me freedom through financial breakthrough. No, it's just going to enslave you on the other side. If God wants to put you into politics, He's going to put you into politics for purpose. He's going to send you into politics in order to be the difference maker, the Joseph, the Daniel, the Shadrach, the Meshach, the Abednego. But He's not going to send you in politics just before politics sake because we've come out of that place. We're into our Father's house and it's from the Father's house that He sends us back into the world to be the light and the salt. But when you leave your father's home and you attach yourself to the citizen of that country and now I've got a business venture, I've signed my whole life away on the dotted line because we're going to make all this money to find out the Bible says that very often that money, that business venture never works out. Why? Because God never intended you to run after money. God intended you to run after Him and His kingdom. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things I'll add to you. How? In my time, in due season. 
because this is the good work I began in you. I mean, if my sons were 10 and they wanted motorbikes and you can only have a motorbike if you let's say 16 or 18 or a motor car, you can't have a motor car when you're 10. You can only have it when you're 18. Why? Because that's the rule. Now in the kingdom of God, it's no difference. There's certain things God can only give you at a certain age in your walk with God or else it'll, 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 it'll destroy you. I mean, if you put a 10 year old on the freeway without having any knowledge, he's going to destroy himself and the people around him. So sometimes God withholds things from our, our lives, not because he's a bad father, because he knows that things are not good for you right now. Amen. And I say this to us this morning to encourage us because sometimes we think we're failing. Sometimes we think we're these bad people because the enemy comes and tells you all day how bad you are. But you've got to tell the enemy, hey, shut your mouth. God is busy making me. I'm not going to take my freedom. I'm going to allow Jesus to make me free. And that's going to be hard to make you free. Amen. It's going to be hard because he's going to deal with certain things you don't like to be dealt with. And he's not going to judge you. He's going to help you through that process. Are you getting something this morning? So the more he looked for, the less he found. Sometimes we look for more and we find less because it's right in front of us. It's right around us. It's with us. It's in us. It's the freedom of, of God's house. Amen. Sounds a lot like Christianity today. There are too many rules here. Too many restraints. Too many limitations. I want the good life. I'm taking my freedom. 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's on the journey of restoration now. It's on the journey of recovery. Past I've lost in lockdown. I have to make up lost money. I have to make up lost ground. I've got to, I can't come to church. I've got to work 10 times harder because I've got to make up what was stolen from me in lockdown. It's the biggest lie on the face of the planet. The Bible says we sow our seed, we sleep at night, we rise by day. We do not know how that grows. God does. What we do is we stay in the Father's house. We come, we lift up holy hands, we worship God. We are faithful in our tithes and offerings. We're faithful in serving the community. We go to prison ministries. We feed the, 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 the hungry, we clothe the naked. CRC cares, TLC, we reach out to people. We go into the, into the communities. We keep doing what God tells us to do. We do kingdom business. We take care of kingdom business first. We stay in God's house first. We come to the house of God every single week. We seek God. We seek His presence. Amen. We seek His purpose every day of our lives. We bring our children to children's church. I was blessed this morning. I walked around the building looking at a few things and I got into the kids' church and they were all the volunteers. Praise and worship. While your kids were still sleeping this morning, you were waking them up. These volunteers that's, that gave their lives to God to use, they had their hands lifted up. They were busy praying up. They were busy preparing to minister to your children this morning. Come on. I say to you, your life is a purpose greater than yourself. You have to get involved in the house of God. You have to serve the purpose of God. You stay in your father's house. You don't attach yourself to the things of this world. You stay in your father's house. Come on. I believe God is calling some of you to a place. Get back to your father's house. Get back to your first love this morning. Amen. The Bible says this. The Bible says it's in the quest of the wrong freedom, the freedom away from the father's house that things can go wrong. But pastor, things go wrong in God's house. Sure. But there's a safety net. Amen. It's called the brothers. It's called the rest of the body. I mean, if you break your arm, you don't lose your arm. You just break it. We tie it up for a while. We put plaster paris around it. We keep it attached to the body. Notice if you break something, if you go through a battle, we don't cut your arm off and throw it over there. We keep it attached to the body. We just, we just, we just put a, a, a cast around it until it can heal. Then when it's healed, we cut off the cast and it's back on the body. That's how that works. If you sin in church, don't leave church. We're just going to bind you up a little bit and then we're going to help you, counsel you. 
put new information into you, help you to become stronger, and then we're going to cut that off and say, be free again. That's what grace is. That's what mercy is. So if you write yourself off and you think you're not worthy, you are right, you're not worthy. Because He's worthy. Amen. Where would we be if it wasn't for Christ? Pastor, have you ever made any mistakes? Where do you want to start? I'm not worthy to stand with a microphone on a Sunday. Why? Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. But God doesn't, uh, I didn't call myself. God calls, God chooses. The, call, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. But God is busy with you. Amen. But you have to allow Him to make you. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? But thank God for homesickness. Amen. He became homesick and he yearned to go back home. I believe this morning we have to pray for spiritual homesickness. We have to start to pray, Father, make the prodigal spiritually homesick. Father, make them come home. We call you home. We say, come home, prodigal. You might be watching me online today. I said, you come home. God is calling you to come home. Thank God for homesickness, amen. He wanted to go home. He said, I miss my dad. I miss my mom. I want to come home. I miss my brother. I miss my sister. Come home. There's a place for you, amen. And the Bible says, and then when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Listen what the Bible says. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? It's in your father's house that you'll have enough and you'll have something to spare. Why? Because it's the nature of God. When Jesus multiplied fishes and loaves, He fed 20,000 people and there were 12 baskets spare left over. That's the God of more than enough. We can't just live this life of just get by under the hammer all the time. Why? It's because we're looking in the wrong place for the blessing of God. We come to the house of God. We're just faithful in the house of God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be an usher at the door at CRC Cape Town than be a, a bouncer at a nightclub somewhere else. Why? Because I come to the house of God. And it's in that place that God is busy making me. He's putting all the ingredients into me to be the great man or woman that God's called me to be. Amen. So notice no one forced the prodigal to leave his father's house. No one forced him and said, no one can force you back. You have to choose. And the Bible says that this young man had everything, but he traded it for nothing. Matthew 16, 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The Bible says this man exchanged everything for nothing. He thought if he went there, it's going to be everything. And there was nothing there. I say to you, stay in God's house today. And I ask you, phone the prodigal that you know is out there. That the enemy's stolen some of his, his joy and his peace and bring them back to God's house. Amen. So verse 15 says, Then he went and joined himself to the citizen of the country and he sent him into, his, into the fields to feed the swine. I mean, many people trade off being sent by God versus being sent by the world. Notice the Bible said he sent him. He, he, he attaches himself to the citizen of that country and then the world sends him to feed the pigs. The world sends him. And we trade off being sent by God versus being sent by the world. We're chasing after fleeting things, mammon. Pieces of paper with ink in it. It's fleeting. The Bible said it's fleeting. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Bitcoin is $400, $900. Whoopie do. Well, I made a lot of money. Great. But is it going to stay there? No, it's up and down like a yo-yo. Should you invest in, in, in cryptocurrency? Do whatever you need to do. But don't let that become your God. I mean, because if you leave your father's house for that stupid stuff, what does it mean? Nothing. I mean, it means nothing. It's just going to be volatile all the time. Yet if God gives you the wisdom or He puts you in that industry, then be a faithful person in that industry to reach people that are into cryptocurrency for His kingdom. And God will add all these things to you. Amen. So if it's up or down, if you're making money or losing money, Paul said, I've learned to be consistent. Why? Because I seek Him first. 
I'm not attaching myself to the things of this world. Amen. Notice the Bible says in Isaiah 6 verse 8 in closing. The Bible says, What? Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. My question to you this morning, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. My question to us this morning, a simple teaching. Where are you this morning? How free are you really this morning? How free are you this morning? If I had to ask you, if Jesus had to ask you, are you really free? Because the Bible said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, not if the world makes you free, not if finances make you free, not if your wife or your husband, no one can make you free. Only the Son, Jesus Christ Himself, can set a man free. But the Bible says you have to allow Him to make you free. Amen. And it's often in the quest to seek new doors of opportunity that doors close instead of open. Jesus said in John 10 verse 7, then Jesus said to him again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, and, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and he will find pasture in that place. Then he goes on. One of the most popular verses in scripture. Verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Come on, if you believe that this morning, I want you to stand on your feet with me all over this place. Right up there in the balcony. Just stand on your feet for a moment as we close off the service before you clap your hands. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 18. Luke 15. The Bible said he starts to have a conversation with himself. That's the, that's the start of change. We're not when you are um, maybe in a, in a bad place, but when you start to have a conversation with yourself, you start to say, listen, I've got to change my life, man. I can't keep living like this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got there. I started to have a conversation with myself. And the Bible says this man has a conversation with himself in this place of isolation, in this place of being distant from his father. And the Bible says, he says, I will arise and go to my father. Notice, I will arise and I will go back to my Father. I will go back to the house of God. And I will say to Him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Notice, He says, make me like one of your hired servants. When the prodigal left, He said, give me. When the prodigal returned, He said, make me. I ask you this morning, are you willing to let Jesus make you a fisher of men? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit of God, heaven's almighty power, to make you into the man and the woman of God He destined you to be. Don't run from the house of God. I just sense in my spirit, people wrestling. Stop wrestling with the house of God. Just be thankful for this house. Be thankful for the house of God all around the world. Be part of the local church. Plant yourself in the house of God. Be a son and a daughter of the house. Let the body discern. Let God who began a good work in you continue that work in you. Amen. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to many people today, calling people back to say, make me. I believe God is calling prodigals from all over this place. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, the Bible says, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things as He's doing right now. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? The prodigal. He knew he was in the wrong place. He knew he had to come back. Who knows that? Only you do. The Bible said, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. I want to declare over you today that this is going to be still a year of God's divine restoration and recovery. 2022 is a, a year of breakthrough. Amen. It's going to be a year of many breakthroughs for you as we're declaring that over our lives for next year. But my question to you this morning is, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor even entered your heart, 
the things that God has laid up for you. There are so many great things laid up for you, but you have to open up your heart and allow Him in. Amen. Every head, but every eye closed this morning. Come on, if you believe that before we pray this morning, I want you to give Jesus one more shout of praise all over this place. Come on. Thank God for His house. Thank God that you are a son, a daughter in the house of God. Come on. Thank God that you are a son. Thank God that you are a daughter. You're not a prodigal. You're coming home. Amen. Come on, everybody, I close this morning. No one leaving right now. No one moving for the sake of those that are God wants to minister. Maybe you come to this place today. Just bow your heads for a few moments. Come on, just in the privacy of your own place over there. Just bow your head. For out of respect this morning. Close your eyes this morning. I want to say to you this morning, God loves you so much. You're the only person alive on this planet. Jesus would have come just for you. That's how much God loves you. The Bible says that He stands at the door of every man's heart and He knocks. Revelation chapter 3. He says, if I stand at the door of your heart and I knock, if you will open up, I will invite you in. He's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit does not force Himself on anybody. He does not abuse you. The Bible says that the prodigal son, He gave him a choice. He had a free will like you have this morning. Maybe you're in that place today saying, Pastor, this message has spoken to my heart. I don't know if I should die in the next 24 hours. I'm not even certain if I end up in eternity. I don't even know if I'll go to heaven. I'm not sure. The Bible says you need to make sure. You can make sure. I'm not even sure if I, if I will, if I'm saved this morning. Or perhaps you were like the prodigal son. You were in the house and you've moved away for whatever reason. God's not interested in the reason. He wants to see you come back. Notice the Bible says when he moved towards the father, the father moved towards him. Like he is this morning. God is reaching out to you this morning. And when he came back to his father's house, his father reached back to him and said, come on. They slaughtered the fatted calf. They had a celebration. Heaven was rejoicing when one person came home. And I believe God is rooting for you this morning. You've been on the sidelines of life over the last few while, last while, the last few months. And you don't think you're worthy to come back. I want to say to you, come home. I want to say to you, the door is open wide. Come through the door of Christ again this morning. Give your life back to Him this morning. It really belongs to Him. Just give your life back to Him today. Just say yes. Say yes. Make your peace with God this morning. You're staying in this place saying, Pastor, I don't have peace with God. I ask you, make your peace with God this morning, sir, ma'am. We have no guarantee of tomorrow, but we have a guarantee of now. Now faith is. Just do your part and reach out to me. If that's you this morning, you're staying in this place. Every head, but every eye closed. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my life back to Christ. I want to come back to Him today. I want to make my peace with God. But my in your prayer. Then quietly, quickly, that is you. Just say, yes, Pastor. Pray with me this morning. Slip up your hand above your shoulder so I can just include you in my prayers. We close off the service. Thank you. Just lift up your hand quickly. Up, up, up. Just up. Say, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Many hands going up all over this place this morning. Just lift it up high. Come, unashamed. Umbuskam. I can't save you. I can just tell you about the one who can. Just lift up your hands. Up on the balcony. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand on the balcony. Lift up your hand quickly. Unashamed. Thank you. Up, up, up. Last them all. You should have put up your hand. You didn't. Lift it up high. You know God's speaking to you this morning. Come on. There's a great presence of God all over this place. I'm not the Savior. I'm just the messenger of the one who saves. Thank you. Thank you. It takes boldness. I know. I know. It takes boldness. Come home this morning. You're online. You're there in Cape Town North. Lift up your hand in that building in Cape Town North this morning. Come on. Before we close off the service. Up, up, up quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down this morning, please. I want you to lift up, uh, open your eyes and look at me this morning. I want to ask you a favor, please. I want to pray with you this morning. It'll be my honor and my privilege to pray with you this morning. I believe God's presence. We took a bit of a different direction this morning, but I believe God's presence is all over this place. I know it is. And He's reaching out to you. Perhaps you brought a friend to church. Your love, your encouragement can help that person make a decision. Then do me a quick favor this morning. Quickly, quietly, leave your seat right now. Take your personal belongings so it doesn't get stolen, doesn't get lost, whatever. And come and join me here in the front. We're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to cheer you on like heaven is cheering you on this morning. Come on, turn to your friend. Leave your seat up on the balcony. Leave your seat. Come and join us here in the front quickly.
Come on. Just come, just come, just come, just come, just come, just come. Come on, let's keep clapping. Let's encourage them this morning. Come on, let's keep clapping. Come on. Come this morning in Jesus' name. You welcome her. Come on, leave your seat this morning. We're waiting for you. Heaven is rejoicing this morning. Come on. You put up your hand this morning. Come on. Leave your seat this morning and join us here in front. Come on, if you invited someone to church this morning, ask them. Tell them, I'll walk with you. I'll join you in the front this morning. Come on. This is what it's all about in Jesus' name. Come on, let's keep clapping, keep clapping. Come on, let's just give Jesus one big shout of praise this morning. Come on. This is what it's all about in Jesus' mighty name. To our special guests, you're in the front. I want to just say this is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. And heaven, as Pastor Aiden said, now heaven rejoices over one person giving their life to God. And you have all given your life to Jesus today. And this is the greatest decision. I want to say to each and every one of you that God loves you. And it's got a great plan and a purpose for each and every single one of you. So can I just ask that you guys just do something simple. Just put your hand on your heart. Everybody in the auditorium can pray with us. And just pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning to be my Lord and be my Savior. Lord, your word says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, I shall be saved. So I believe in my heart and I confess that you are Lord over my life. Holy Spirit, I ask you, lead me, guide me, wash me in your blood, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.